So what would you say if you were given one word to describe God? You know, maybe you'd say he's holy. You might say he's good, you know, he's a savior or he's powerful. There are so many words that we can think of to describe God. But for John, it's super, super simple. He'd tell you that God is love. See, to John, love is the absolute core of everything that he believes. It completely informs him about who he understands God to be. And it also informs him about what believers should look like. So in this section of text, John is connecting all the things that he's spoken about so far in his letter. He talks about love, about right doctrine, and obedience. Those are the three things that he keeps bringing up over and over again in the letter. And he brings them all together now. And he shows us that what we believe about God and our obedience have to stem from love. So John opens this verse with a call for believers to love one another. And if you've been following along this series, it'll come as no surprise because John's already said it twice before. He said it in chapter 2 and 3, and now again in 4, and he'll say it again in 5. He really just is all about love. So at this point, it should be becoming obvious just how important John thinks it is. So he says, Dear friends, let us love one another. And he gives us the reason why. Because everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. See, the reason believers are called to love is because God is love. And God is love is just an absolutely massive statement that John is making. He isn't saying that God is loving even though that is true. He's not saying that God chooses to love. It's not some activity that he does even though that's also true. What he's saying, the very essence of God's being is love. Everything that he is, is love. In action and in reality, God is love. But on that love, a word of caution, because we hear the word love thrown around a lot. And what the world likes to recall love isn't necessarily what love is. It's not what God considers to be love. See, love isn't just an emotion or a display of affection. See, as a society, we tend to confuse love with lust or a self-serving sort of desire. People give and receive love because it makes us feel good or because we get something out of it. But the worldly idea of love is far removed from the biblical idea of love. So what's the biblical idea of love then? Well, John's going to tell us that, plain as day here in verses 9 to 10. He says, This is how God shows his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. See, biblical love is a self-sacrificing love. Jesus didn't show God's love by trying to make himself and others feel nice. He didn't walk around giving people hugs. He gave up his life so that we could all be saved. And he didn't do it because we deserved it. It's not like, you know, we were super loving towards God, so he thought he owed us something. 
God loved us from the very beginning, before we were even capable of love. He sacrificed everything for us. And that's what love is. It's a complete sacrifice of oneself for another. And though that fact of Christ's love alone should be enough, John actually tells us that there's a whole bunch of different ways that uh, God wants to affirm his love to us, and he shows it to us in so many ways. The first comes from verse 12. He says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. See, when we as believers reflect God's character, when we love one another in a self-sacrificing way, just like Jesus did, God's love actually becomes evident in our life. That's another way that we can see the love that God has poured out from us. It comes obvious through our actions. See, a loving Christian becomes a beacon of hope to the world around them. People will look at them and realize that something is different, that, you know, God is using them to show love to the world. And though people may not be able to see God physically, he kind of becomes tangible. He becomes a tangible reality for people throughout the love that they show. Throughout that love that the Christians reflect. So, and to us, that gives us a certainty that God resides within us. It's an absolute affirmation that if we are showing this love, that people are seeing it through us, then God is within us. The second affirmation comes from verse 13. It says, This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. The Holy Spirit within us is residing residing within us is a constant affirmation of God's love. The Holy Spirit is always going to lead us to God. He's always going to lead us to that truth about Christ and what he's done for us and shine a light on God's love in our lives. He's always powerfully at work within us, trying to remind us of the work that Christ has done. So, And that's always available so long as we choose to listen to him. The Holy Spirit also works as a guide to help, others, to help us guide others to God. The Holy Spirit within us is the power behind our actions. And when we choose to love our fellow believers, that's when they can actually see God in our action. So that last point where he, he says that we need to show love to everybody. The reason that everyone can see that love in our life is just because of that Holy, the Holy Spirit working throughout our lives in that. And again, he tells us that this is an affirmation that we live in God. If we have that Holy Spirit residing within us, then we can be certain that we live in God. His third affirmation of love comes from verses 14 to 15. He says, And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. Our testimony of what God has done through Christ, as well as our own personal experience and our own personal testimony, is a constant reminder of the love of God in our lives. It's always affirming to us the truth of what Christ has done. See, when we share these truths, the reality of what God's done 
always gets marked deeper and deeper upon our hearts. We can see the evidence, we even see the evidence of that in psychology. I mean, if you keep saying something over and over again, you're more likely to be con convinced that it's a truth. That happens with lies and it happens with truth. And the more that we remind ourselves about the love of God, the more we'll learn and trust to sorry, learn to trust and rely on his love. This also allows, just like the first one, to let people hear of the love of God so that they can also experience it for themselves and they can come to the faith. Again, that is through the power of the Holy Spirit working within us. See, through the reflection of God's love in our life, his spirit and our testimony, we can be absolutely certain of God's love in our life. We can be certain that we are truly living for God if we're doing these things. It affirms that we really do love God and God loves us. And through the and we can rely on that love that God has poured out for us. In mind, in action, in heart, if we live with that, live like that, the truth of Christ's love, we can truly trust in his love for us. Now, practically, what does that kind of mean in our lives if we're doing this? Well, it means that we're going to have confidence in God. Verse 17 to 18 tells us that this. This is how we love Sorry, this is how love is made complete among us, so that we'll have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment, and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. See, now it's talking, it's not talking about fear as in like a fear of spiders or the dark because even if you experience the God of love, you're most likely to still be afraid of these things. The fear that John is talking about here is specifically the fear of judgment or a negative fear of God. It's the fear that we fear thinking about the end of days. When we die, what's going to happen after that? But if we understand this love, if we hold true to it, then we can be certain of the absolute redemption that Jesus brings. When we die and face judgment, there's no need to have fear or concerns because God will see us as pure and holy, made to look like Christ by his blood. At the end of our days, God is going to welcome us home with open arms. It will be a time of joy and excitement where we get to be with God forever. And we're capable of this all because God loved us first. But our love for God only comes to complete fruition when we live as Jesus did in this world. See, so all of this is to say that all of this love that we receive has to have a response. If we're genuinely loving God, then there has to be some sort of response to the love that he shows us in all of these ways. And we do that by obeying his commands. These are the same commands that John's always speaking on. The first is clear. It's in verse 21. He says, Anyone who loves God must also love their brothers and sisters. See, we're called to love our fellow believers. John reminds us of this over and over and over again. 
You can't sit around and call yourself a believer if you don't love your fellow Christians. As John says, if you do that, you're a liar. You don't really love God in that situation. We're all called to real love. The kind of love that takes sacrifice. One that reflects the love of Christ. We need to focus on building each other up to be more like Christ. Otherwise, we're really not following God at all. The second command is to love God. John tells us that we do this by keeping his commands. So, if you really want to love God, keep his commands. We need to choose to die to the flesh. If we just keep doing whatever makes us feel good, rather than truly turning to follow God, we aren't really loving him. Now, that doesn't mean that we're all going to be perfect. We can't be perfect, but in everything we do, we need to aim to follow God. We need to aim to do what is right, because that's the only way that we can truly show our love to God. But there is a reason that we can do it, even though it's difficult. It's because, as John tells us, his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. See, Jesus overcame the world in his death and resurrection on the cross. That same sacrifice that we look at to prove his love for us is what we rely on wholeheartedly so that we can be saved and so that we can overcome the world ourselves. And when we do that, following his commands becomes easier. See, in that death and resurrection, he paved the road for our freedom from sin and shame. He unshackled us so that we could walk it. So we need to keep looking at Christ every day so that we can follow in him, follow him and not get stuck where we used to be. So that we can show that love back to God that he's poured out onto us. God is love. He showed us that through Jesus' sacrifice so that we could love him. We can see that through the love of our fellow believers. We hear it from the Spirit. And we have our own testimony of that love. Church, let's turn to love him. Love the God who first loved us. Because everything that we need is in that love. Let's do all that we can to show that love back to God. Show it to our fellow believers. Because there's no fear and no worries in his love. It's a guarantee that no matter what happens, that that love is never going to let you down. Just trust in his love. Trust in what he has to offer you. So church, as we pray today, if you haven't encountered God's love before, I just ask you to pray for God to pour out his love on you so that you can see it for yourself. So you can experience that love for your own. And if you have felt that love before, 
Could you just ask God to set your eyes on him, to help you to keep following him in love? With any of the struggles you have to follow him, just ask him to put it to the side so that you can continue to love him. Let's pray. you so much that you first loved us that you sacrificed everything so that we could know your love Lord thank you that you just show it to us in so many amazing ways that you're constantly affirming your love to us for us, to us Lord help us to see that love every day Help us to know that we are loved by you. And Father God, help us to reflect that love back to everyone that we know. Back to you, God. To continue to follow you, to worship you and glorify you each and every day. So that we could continue to reside in your love in such an amazing way. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.